At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, my loves. This is a very casual little episode with my best pal, Reed. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's an, honestly such a pleasure to be a guest on your podcast. I know. Yay. about today we're going to be talking about relationship anxiety yeah the biggest the biggest most craziest thing i've learned recently is about relationship anxiety we uh teased this on fox given and now this is the the actual probe yeah into reed's life yeah baby yeah yeah um before we get started on the episode i would love to remind you all of the patreon if you're not a member there already you can be part of the creative process, the community, the live Discord chat, get all of your answers and be a part of it. Be a part of the production process, right? It's yeah, like, exactly. Support the things that you love. Um, stand up for the things that you love. Yeah. And simp for Florence, please. Simp for me. Simp for me. <laughs> Just support the podcast, you know. I'm doing this for free, mate. <laughs> Yeah, please. I need, I need, uh, I need help, and especially if like you've listened to the podcast, and especially your last podcast as well mm. um, about the breakup diaries. Yeah. If that ever helped you, help give back. You know. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Reed. Thanks for being the little push in the right direction for my. <laughs> it's because I know how hard it is. Like doing the free yeah. work, and you're like, oh shit, uh, all this time and no return. Yeah. But people so out there do. People do want to help. They do. Mm-hmm. They really do. And I really am thankful for everyone here that is listening. Everyone, like, I can't thank you all enough for all the DMs and the reviews and the ratings and all of that, which you need to do. So. I don't know why I'm pointing at the mic. Like <laughs> you need you to in do. there. Um, so that's patreon.com forward slash love high. Just to pre-warn you, I am so tired today yeah it we're we're coming to the end of 
a really busy week. You're yeah. really busy week, and also you're off to LA yeah. for like a month. So you've just you're doing you're getting everything in before you fly. Yeah, I I hate to admit it, but this is a pre-recorded episode. <laughs> Well, what are we going to do? Like, when we're having fun in LA? No. No, thank no. you. Sorry, guys. No, thank you. We need a holiday too. Yeah. So, um, Reed, what... Oh, my God. Imagine if people don't know who you are. Uh, They're, like, on this podcast. And they excuse don't. me? Don't know who I am. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> For all those who don't know. <laughs> that one person. That one, the one person. For yeah. anyone who doesn't know me, um, I am the other half of Come Curious that Florence and I started eight years ago, uh, which has started off as a YouTube channel. And we now do vlogs every week on there. And we also have a podcast called Fucks Given, which has episodes out every Thursday oh, yeah. talking about sex education and anti-shaming, destigmatizing all those horrible, shamey things that we feel. Yeah. And that's kind of what I do as a as a, as a solo person. I'm a I dub myself as like a sex nudity and mental health anti-shamer. Yeah. And um, sex worker. Sex, sex worker, worker activist, activist and talking about non-monogamy and mm-hmm. kinks and fetishes. Yeah. Is like my my speciality. Yeah. Well today I'm really taking you out of your comfort zone then. <gasps> I know. I'm like, what? We don't talk about sex specifically? We're not talking what? about sex. Yeah, that's... At least we had the warm-up of the podcast conference because that was yeah. not talking about sex. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't feel you comfortable. You still couldn't not talk about sex. Oh, yeah. I always had to bring it back to sex because I was Every like, comfort... Time. Plus, it's funny. It was funny. <laughs> I think you made people laugh. That's good. That's all I. That's all I ever asked for. <laughs> Thank goodness. So obviously, I have to ask you all the same questions as everyone else because you're not mm-hmm. special. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. So, Reed, when was the first time that you fell in love? Wow! First time I fell in love. Yeah. Like I still get like a knot in my chest because it was not a very nice falling in love. No. It was a a horrible teenage I was 16 maybe maybe even younger 16 years old and fell in love with a boy that was in my um uh, what's it called my sixth form which is like kind of like the there's the UK college which is a bit like I don't know what the US version is. It's like between high school and college it's the yeah the bit in between. Don't, I don't think it, they have it. It's like the it, end of high school. Yeah. It is high school, the end of high school. And I was in a in an all-girls school, but our sixth form was... So that's like the year... That's like aged 16, 17, 17 yeah. yeah. Um, and th- I fell in love with this boy. Mm-hmm. His name was Ben. Um, and I, I fell so hard for him. And it was such a painful, agonizing falling in love. Because he yeah. didn't know who I was for oh. two years. And I was, I was obsessed. Just like, like crushing on from afar. Yeah. I feel like this was more than crushing. This was also going through terrible teenage, like mental health issues. Like my OCD was yeah. getting a lot worse. Anxiety, um, depression, and trying to figure out who I was as a person, trying to figure out like school and the stresses of school and just being head over heels in love with this guy. And I just like, I just remember like so many nights of like, you know, like the, the, the horrible, hard, painful crying on your own and like being so isolated and alone and just being like, I don't know what to do. Just like, he, he doesn't know who I am. He, and of course, like creeping into his peripheral vision, <laughs> um, 
literally as a creep. You know, he didn't really have an interest in someone who was in a young, two years younger, in an all-girls school of, of girls that used to literally follow him around, stalk him around. Oh when I was younger, mm-hmm. like... I don't know, like six, fifteen. I don't know that age. I used to stalk boys around. Fully the wall. stalk, yeah. yeah. Like and I'd like, be like, "Oh my god, that's him!" Yeah. And then me and my friends would be like, "He, so fucked and then up." Like, actually, just follow them around. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> and now we get that now at our age, and we're like these fucking losers. Like it's so creepy. Like we fucking used to do the same. I wonder if people actually do that in real life now because of Instagram. I wonder. I feel like no, because it's an ins. You can just do it over the internet, and like no one's ever going to see you. Yeah. But I feel like we didn't have that. I mean, we had MySpace, but like we didn't oh, have that, so we just followed know. them around. I and we always. Did you have nicknames for all the boys that you stalked? We had like funny yeah, nicknames. we must have done. I mean, this Shark. is. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh fuck! I must have had a nickname for Ben, but because I ended up spoiler alert, ended up in a relationship with him. Did you after the two years? Yeah, after the two okay, years. What happened? Um, so I was kind of like, we were talking on MSN. I also joined his marching band to try and get closer to him. Right? <laughs> marching band. Wow. We're talking like, like you know, in uniform marching wow, band. You know. Yeah, full on nerd. And I was Love terrible and being dyslexic, terrible at learning music, couldn't play an instrument to save yeah. my life. I think I was like went through like clarinet, drums, and the bell lyre while I was in this oh marching band trying to impress him, trying to get him to notice me, chatting to him late at night on MSN and trying to be like cool, but obviously not cool. Uh, working with the best that I got. And luckily, when I hit sixth form like I finally felt like I grew into a great person like I was very um I was I was finally finding my feet after Mm -hmm. like having shit years at school and being bullied a lot and then finally hitting sixth form and being 17 and being allowed to wear the clothes that I want and feeling really confident about myself and it was like getting a lot of attention from boys that I hadn't had before yeah and being like yeah I'm part of the cool fucking group and like fuck all the bullies and that that was really empowering and I think because of that it allowed me to get closer to Ben and my best friend at the time fucked me over because she told him she splurted it out at him over MSN and was like Reed's in love with you and I was devastated, obviously. obviously. And we had we had a bit of a toxic relationship back then anyway. Well, mm. unfortunately, we're not friends anymore. Mm. Um, so one night, he lived just around the corner from mine as well. Mm-hmm. And one night we, we met up after all this like flirting and stuff and we ended up kissing together. Mm. And it just, after a while, it ended up being a relationship. How was it like after being so in love with someone to actually finally get them? Confusing, messy, was it nerve-wracking the amount of anxiety i remember having like getting feeling his hard cock for the first time sorry to bring it back to the sex (laughs) i remember being so scared i was like i feel his erection i'm going i have to go home now oh my god i remember being so unwell staying at his house staying sleeping over for the first time Mm -hmm. and literally being awake all night within agony like stomach pain agony um probably trapped wind needing to shit like not being in a good way it was just it was such a bad bad time it was not a very good relationship no it was like sex in the dark a lot of fear a lot of confusion no communication a lot of um 
like fuckery. I remember him lying to me a lot, not about like specific stuff, yeah. but just like trying to pull the wool over my eyes and, and me looking up to him constantly because he's two years older and so amazing. That's the thing. I feel like when you're younger and you date older people, they mm. just seem so cool. Yeah. And also- And they're not. No. <laughs> they're, they're just actually, not. They're actually lame. <laughs> they're actually lame. That we, yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. I, I and a lot of like tra- like trauma dumping and a lot of issues like I remember the first he was like he had had sex before I don't know whether this is true or not he said that yeah. he had sex before and he said that oh the first time I had sex I had to go and make myself sick afterwards what I mean I unfortunately I think he was bulimic and just didn't know how to talk to people oh shit um, wow. There wow. Was, and while we were together his dad died Wow. While we were in a relationship, there was a lot of like drama and yeah, this sounds tension like a that really went on. And like he taught, like when we ended, he was telling me that he was going to commit suicide. It was like, it was a really, like, really head fucky relationship. Ooh. That was your first love. Yeah, first love. It was, it was, wow. It was a, a big, yeah, it was big. Baptism was, of fire. Yeah, yeah. It was not a nice relationship. And I, I wish I could look back at it with fond memories, but I can't. I don't. Because yeah. it was so fucked. All of it. Oh. I was in a fucked up place as yeah. well. And you like longed for him for so long. And yeah. then you finally got him and it was just just intense piece of shit. Yeah, it was so intense. And we ended up breaking up while I went to uni, first year of uni. And wow. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um. He also became a police officer while I was with him. So I watched him go from wow. an egotistical dickhead to an oh, egotistical dickhead with, with a badge. With power. Yeah. And my mum was also like, you can date anyone you like, except people in the police force and people in the army. And of course, the first person I date and fall in love with wants to become a police officer. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, mum, shit. Talking about your mum, where would you say that you learn about love and relationships Mm. and how did that affect you kind of going into love for the first time so my my mum and my dad's relationship was uh, a a weird one like it was it was good in some ways where I never saw them argue they were very good at hiding that Mm. um and I don't even think they really argued I think it was like a clash and then a separation and they they ended up separating they were never married they ended up separating when I was about eight years old mm-hmm. so I grew up with a single mum and growing up grow up growing up believing that my dad was this amazing godly person and my yeah. mum was horrible and and really just looking back at it it was like my mum was the responsible one the one that had to tell us no mm. um, and my dad was the irresponsible child that sort of left and went and went fuck you I'm gonna have my life I don't have to deal with the kids yeah and I have a I have a younger brother and sister as well so it's like three of them and my mum unfortunately a lot of her issues and her trauma and she was she was in agony for a long time after my dad and wow. it t- she took it out on him and a lot of that was like hearing my mum talk about how like bad of a person he was and of course like being that age I just didn't understand mm-hmm. and so I used to hate my mum instead I used to really really dislike my mum for taking it out on my dad and yeah. I couldn't understand why and I understand why now but again it's not right of my mum to spew all that stuff 
at her children and almost like try and get get us to see her side and we couldn't we just saw an angry woman how did that affect what you thought of relationships like what did you think relationships were supposed to be from seeing that kind of structure well i i I definitely think it's played a massive impact on how I see long-term relationships. Mm. I don't ever see a long-term relationship lasting forever. That's interesting. Like I could never, I still can't now. I still don't, I don't think I could ever get married because of that reason. Even though I love romance and I love the idea of marriage. So fun. And it's like, fuck it. Why not live in the moment, live in the present. If you have those feelings for each other, why not do that? Mm -hmm. But the idea of doing that is like, what's the point? It's never going to last. Yeah. Um, and so with my mum being so like, like my mum, my mom, I ended up growing up with my stepdad, Eddie. He was lovely, very emotional, very like, unfortunately, very, um, had issues mm. that ended badly as well. Like he, oh. they, they were together for 10 years and he ended up having a psychotic breakdown and trying to kill himself. And it was just like madness. And that was while I was at university as well. And having to come back and be with my mum through all that my my stepdad being this really sweet guy but like really mentally unwell so it's kind of no um surprise that your first relationship was that intense yeah there were, it was an intense home that i lived in it was an like i was going through terrible shit and then yeah. on top of that the relationship and then all of this stuff it, it's just mad thinking about the upbringing and then just like my mum I was so scared of my mum because she was such an angry person and we've now later learned that she has Asperger's um and she also is type 1 diabetic as well so that played a massive impact on Mm -hmm. her health and how that affected her mental health yeah so learning all that now has made like my mum's my mum and I our relationship so much nicer and closer together and I'm really close with my siblings because we almost Mm -hmm. like had to band together yeah to be against that so like you know really close with my siblings yeah really close with my mum now not that close with my dad <laughs> yeah. daddy issues daddy issues at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How do you feel like your view on love and relationships is now like what is your current state of affairs like do do you feel like you've changed like changed your opinion yeah I do I do think I've changed my opinion um 
but not necessarily in terms of long term, mm. but just trying really hard to remember how to like enjoy the moment and live yeah. in the present. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of my relationship anxiety comes from, which mm-hmm. I, again, I've only just discovered this fucking year yeah. of having all of my relationships and realizing that a lot of the issues that we were having that I thought we were having was just fucking anxiety. Just Isn't that interesting? Mind blown. I mean, when you came to me and said relationship anxiety I had never heard anyone say that before no no one's told me this before no I so I was just like what is relationship anxiety and what was it that you were feeling that made you connect the dots so I'm I'm dating this lovely person called Sam Mm -hmm. um and it's been a crazy relationship it's like the best sex I've ever had Uh, It was one of those relationships that kind of like popped out of the blue. I wasn't really ready for a relationship because I'd just gotten out of a long-term relationship with my last partner, Thomas, bless his cotton socks, Um, who was, he's still an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. Um, And, and with Sam, it's just been a lot of the issues that I think that we were having I, I I couldn't really understand why I was thinking, you know, it became a lot. It was like almost like unbearable, all these issues that kept cropping up and kept crossing my mind. And mm. this idea of like, we need to end things now. This isn't working. Um, all these thoughts that I'm having, like, we're, we're not compatible. I'm wasting his time. I don't see this for the future. Um, and kind of like doing my research on that. And just, I think one day it just got so bad where I was snowballing and I ended up just getting on online and writing all this stuff down in Google yeah. search. And it came up in an article about relationship anxiety. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was one of those where, you know, when you read a list and you just tick off so many things and you're like, holy fuck, that's... Because it's all this misconception of what relationship anxiety is. Um, I initially thought relationship anxiety was just being afraid that my partner would cheat on me. And I was like, that's not me. That doesn't relate to me. I have no worries about that. Or even just like, you know, not wanting to get into a relationship because you're anxious about being in one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was all these little minor things that I never thought would play a part to relationship anxiety. But I was like, fuck, that makes sense. Oh my God, that's me. And I read one article from this girl who literally just everything she was saying was clicking and making sense. Yeah. Um, Could you list the things that you found out that were the symptoms? Yes, well, symptoms, I can. Just the, the telltale signs of relationship anxiety. This article on Relish, hellorelish.com, really mm. helped me. It's like the 20 signs that you have relationship anxiety and how to cope. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read them out quite quick because they go way more in depth. Yeah. But things like wondering if you matter questioning your partner's feelings or questioning your own feelings waiting for something to go wrong doubting your compatibility avoiding relationship milestones comparing your relationship to others fucking yeah we do that a lot anyway with the yeah, internet instagram instagram uh looking for reasons to break up yep i do that sabotaging the relationship constantly thinking your partner wants to break up Overanalyzing their words, I do that all the time. Yeah. Sam will say something and I will fo- hyper-focus on that one thing that he said and be like, this is never going to work. Our values don't align. This is terrible. I can't believe he thinks like that. And it could just be a throwaway comment that he's not even thought about, mm. that he wouldn't even say another time. Yeah. Overanalyzing their actions. 
missing out on good times, constantly needing reassurance from your partner, clinginess, checking your partner's text, self-silencing, I thought was fascinating. That is interesting. Because I sometimes do that if I feel like I need time to think yeah. and process. And then I come back and I was like, is that part of it? Yeah, because you're not communicating what you actually wanted to say. You're just like, oh, I'll take myself away from this so yeah. that I can process which I guess that's a sometimes you, yeah sometimes you need to step away and process something before you say something I definitely do because I react so strongly on anger and yeah. like 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 that's my defense mechanism it's just anger it's just being louder and clearer so I'm heard yeah which is not great I'm trying to work on that but I think I learned that from my mum who did exactly the same exactly being overly accommodating to your partner um you're demanding or controlling of your partner. I do that a lot as well. I try and control things about him and what he does. And he doesn't really take it. <laughs> uh, Sex-related anxiety and keeping secrets, which... Yeah. yeah. So how do you sort of tell the difference between a relationship just not being compatible and not being successful or not right? to actually having the anxiety like how do you know that it's relationship anxiety and you're just actually not wanting to be with your partner because again i think that's part of it it's like you're believing your anxious thoughts the part where you just feel like okay this isn't working and it's almost like a panic um this other article that i found where this person had written out their relationship anxiety and i was like that's me this was from uh, an article from Mary Claire. Marie Claire? Marie Claire. Marie Claire. Yeah, the Marie Claire magazine. Marie Claire. Yeah. And she said that she figured out when it's relationship anxiety is this overwhelming sense of urgency that it needs to be sorted out there and then immediately, that it's like, mm. you know, like it can't be fixed. Um, it's just very much like it needs to end now. And that's, and I've done that so many times where it's maybe yeah. not like I'd act on it, but in my brain, I'm like, I, I don't think I can handle this. This can't go on. Yeah. Cause I think that is really different. If like, if you're in a relationship and maybe you don't really like each other that mm-hmm. much or like, it's just not really working. I feel like it's a lot slower. So much slower. When you break up with someone, it doesn't just happen like immediately over one yeah. thing or a couple of things. Yeah. It will be, over a longer period of time and you will think about things mm-hmm. and talk about things yeah. instead of this like like again urgent feeling of like oh my god I have to call him up and I have to end things now yeah. how was the relationship anxiety manifesting for you and like yeah what what was it manifesting as it anger a lot of it is like um, anger and impatience and snapping at him a yeah. lot of the time was and I, I noticed I was doing it the other night when we were together. I just I just got so upset and irritated about like things that he did or things that he said to the point I was just like, this is never going to work because we're two separate people. Mm. Um, I mean, everyone's two different people. Yeah, yeah. But like two very yeah. different people. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And not seeing the positives in what we have, mm. just seeing the negatives and it letting it build. What... Um, what, what's been the change though since like figuring out that it is relationship anxiety what what are you kind of involving now in your thought process in your relationship to counteract the relationship anxiety definitely recognizing it and it's not easy to do like the other night when I was getting aggy 
Um, and I was like, you know, I'm sorry I'm getting aggy and snapping at you. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And then it was only until like the next day or the day after I was like, fuck, that's relationship anxiety. Mm. Um, and it's also taking the time to really realize that because when you're in the moment, it doesn't feel like anxiety. It feels like a genuine issue. Um, mm. And just noticing that if, if there is some kind of like, if you're being too quiet or if you're being too loud about something, then just taking a step back and having a moment and also talking to Sam about it directly uh, has really helped, has really been helpful. So he knows that you feel relationship anxiety. Yes. How, I've, I've how explained he, that to him. How does he feel about it? Like, does did it help him understand that your behaviour in some ways? Or did it make things better, easier? I think it does and it doesn't. Like, again, <laughs> he's so lovely. Like, stereotypical boy, just a bit like, a bit bemused, a bit like, okay, okay, cool. Um, all right, don't really know what to like make of it, but like... I think he just sits there and listens and then yeah. maybe he processes later. Um, but I think it really helps when I say like today, I actually said like, Hey, I think I'm feeling a bit like relationship anxious about us at the moment. And I think he listened to that and he did take the time to like, give me a call back and check in. That's nice. Which is really nice. Um, and really surprising. Yeah. Especially when Sometimes I feel like I'm just saying stuff at him, especially when it comes to like mental health stuff. When it, it's so hard to relate if you don't have the same kind of it is. It's it's almost impossible sometimes. Yeah, if your thought pattern isn't exactly the same, you're mm-hmm. never you're never gonna know what someone else is feeling exactly. Yeah, and it's it's taking when you don't understand something your partner is saying, mm. um, taking the time to do the research on what they're saying yeah. is so important. So. Um, a big issue for Sam, and I hope he doesn't mind saying this, is social anxiety, something I've never really understood or have had issues with before. Mm. Um, And so me taking the time to actually do some research into that has been really helpful for us and me understanding why he might be acting differently before a party. And I'm Mm. like, well, this is going to be the best thing in the world. I don't understand why you don't love this. Yeah. And him vice versa. I'm not sure that Sam, Sam does actively look up things, which is really nice. Like when we first got together, he did, did look into uh, obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. and some shit that I was going through back then. Mm-hmm. which was really helpful and really sweet as well i think it's so nice when that happens i've had like a few people do that in the past about like various different things that i'm going mm-hmm. through especially when it comes to trichotillomania yeah when someone looks into that like i'm like that's <gasps> so going annoying. above and beyond above and beyond and it's taking an active interest not only in you but in where your mental health is at and yeah. being willing to have open conversations about it and that can be really hard like sam does struggle with that because he's a boy and he's never been encouraged to talk this openly. He's also a very open boy compared to like most of the guys that I've been with. He's very like emotionally connected. It's just the talking part. It's quite hard for him to, to get into initially. It's um, it takes some like warming up because he wants to push it away. He doesn't want to have a serious conversation. He just wants to enjoy our time together. And I'm like, no, but I need a serious conversation. Like, It's so hard to sort of sit down and have those serious conversations. I don't think anyone ever mm-hmm. actually wants to do them. No. But they're so important. That's why I really loved the author and David episode when they were talking about like having a scheduled time every single oh, month when the you dream. sit down and say like everything that you think is going really well in the relationship and things that have like made you feel some kind of way things that are negative yeah and you bring them in you listen to each other and then you like you know pause 
think take time to respond and like you know actually have like a proper conversation I feel like it's just like it's the ultimate care for your relationship it is it's like it's like doing an MOT for your car it makes so much sense um and and having that time for each other because that gets harder in a long-term relationship because you you have less time for each other but it's even more important in a long-term relationship and it's even harder if somebody because I think the fear of talking about the negatives of relationship can be really scary for some people because it makes them more real when you just want to bury those thoughts and bury those feelings mm. and not actually bring them to the front and talk about them because also it's like it's like scary for you because it's very vulnerable and also you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings yeah especially if they can it's hard for them to take criticism or exactly hard for them to take that information and that that um, can can be really hard to hear yeah I've I've been struggling a little bit with these sorts of conversations Mm. because I really hate confrontation and like to me if someone's saying something that I'm doing wrong in a relationship then I immediately feel like defensive yeah you internalize it and you think it's an attack on you yeah it feels like an attack Mm -hmm. like even if it's something really small it feels like an attack And like, I think it's really important to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations though, because you're Mm. only going to get less, you're only going to get more comfortable with it if you sit there and like think, okay, no, I'm only feeling this way because, you know, of these past traumas, whatever happened Mm. when I was a kid and like, it's your fight or flight sort of human behavior. Uh, Also, trying really hard not to blame the other person. I I think I read that as part of, Yes. A relationship anxiety is constantly blaming the other person or saying things like oh you need to go to therapy you need to deal with stuff mm. and that's so easy to say because we've been through therapy we fucking love therapy we want to work on ourselves mm-hmm. and it's not a good thing to be like oh but it's you know it's his issues he's having to deal with this you need to do this about you need to change this about your life instead of just being like okay you do you yeah and I'm going to do this I'm going to be better about this yeah I'm play the I play the blame game a lot and it's not fair and I've had to really relearn that like I've learned so much during this relationship on how to just have conversations with somebody who doesn't necessarily want to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and how to make it easy for them to talk about what they're feeling and, and maybe what I can work on. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I try really hard not to do it too much where I'm like, Oh, what can I, what can I do better? What don't you like about our relationship? And he's a bit like, Oh, uh, I don't really, I don't really know. It's like, okay, we'll have, have time to think about that. I'm like, <laughs> but I need a fucking answer yeah that's tough you should Um, do this month thing I wonder how that would go for you guys I would love to yeah Yeah. um I need to I mean I've put it to Sam yeah I've mentioned it to Sam I was like would you want to do a month and he was like yeah sure oh but like you know the the sure is like we'll do it if you want to do it kind of sure um come on like be proactive I know because being proactive is so valuable for a healthy relationship oh my god that's all I want in life is to be with someone that wants to work on stuff oh my god that isn't afraid of couples therapy literally that's like so down to just sit on the sofa and talk about all the shit that's going on in your mind all the fear all the anxiety all the stuff you're pissed off about all the stuff that is and isn't working it is just it is glorious when you get to that stage and you can do that when I've had meaningful conversations with Sam and he's actually told me things that he's not been okay with of course I'm initially hurt yeah you can't help 
you but, can't help like, it. Like, you know, react on emotion. But once you sit there and you don't react on emotion, you sit and think about it and you actually take the time to go like, thank you for telling me that. Like, that's really important. And I'm going to try so hard to work on that and be, yeah. a, be a better person, be a better partner for you. Yeah. Because it's that important for you to say it. Then mm-hmm. it means something. It means something bigger for you. Definitely. Like how when I'm at a party, I can just be like, okay, goodbye, see ya, and run off and do my thing at a party. And that's not fair yeah. for Sam. When he wants to be beside me and he wants to like, you know, be a team and I'm not a team at a party. And that's not fair of me because he he sees party as something like that's like a, you know, that's a joint thing. Yeah, and a challenge. My yeah. mom put it in a really nice way where she was like, well, maybe he just wants you to be with him and to show him off and to be together and to be proud that he's next to you. And I was like, oh, you're so right. He could want that. And also he's not comfortable talking to strangers when I love talking to strangers. He needs your, he needs the help of your confidence. back to relationship anxiety where do you think it comes from like why do people experience relationship anxiety it could very well be from my parents it could be my mum drilling it in us that like don't get married nothing lasts forever Mm -hmm. even if you're so in love with somebody it doesn't matter it will all end in the end it could be that um (laughs) thanks mum so hard nice one mama Oh um, god, our parents sometimes. I know. If they only went to therapy, life <laughs> would be so different. You know what? Everything did change when my mum accidentally fell into therapy. Yeah. She still won't admit it now. She's yeah. like, it wasn't therapy. It was with my diabetes nurse. And, but then while she was in this therapy, she got diagnosed with Asperger's. So interesting. Um, it was so valuable for not just like mine and her relationship, but the whole family. The whole like, everything yeah. clicked and made sense. And I, de- I definitely, looking back, I have felt this in every single relationship. I have constantly gone, this isn't working. Yeah. This. And even with Thomas, my ex, who I was with for seven fucking years, I think it was like every year, at the beginning yeah. of our relationship, I was like, sorry, like just to let you know, I don't think this is going to last. So don't get your hopes up on the long term. You know what's really interesting? So I listened to this podcast the other day and it was about attachment styles. Yeah. Did I tell you about it? And Mm -hmm. I found out about a new attachment style that I'd (gasps) never heard of before called disorganised attachment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did mention, please divulge. it, um, It occurs quite often when as a child you have a relationship with your parents that's either like you get love, you get love, but you also get fear no matter yeah. what, like, what mm-hmm. that kind of comes under, whether that's abuse in some kind of way, mm-hmm. shouting, but you have like, you, you're getting love, but you're also really fucking scared of them. And it creates mm. um, an it's attachment. Like the push-pull thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it creates an attachment style where you kind of like freeze and, you know, you don't necessarily know what you want in that um, moment and you could bring things up maybe to like start an argument something from mm-hmm. the past yeah 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 I definitely do digging yeah and I'm like 
but you said this like fucking months and months ago and then that ad- that's going to add to the thing you just said now and yeah. then all the other and then but all combined I can't do this anymore it sounds kind of like a self-sabotage kind of attachment yeah. style because you want it because you know that love is like beautiful and like you get like nice feelings from love but you're also like love is really fucking scary mm-hmm. like you don't know if you're gonna live or die yeah. with love because like whatever happened in the past like your body has built up this protection that's like well, I kind of want it, but I don't want it because it's yeah. scary. Protection level of, I don't want it. I'm going to yeah. push myself away. I'm going to remind myself all the bad things just to protect myself. Yeah. And that would make sense because every time I've done the love language test recently, yeah. I've come up as secure and I'm like, I swear I don't feel, but can you be secure but have relationship anxiety? Mm, or sure this or this new one that you've mentioned maybe it didn't come up in the list and it wasn't a part of it yeah um maybe because i've never heard of it before because mm. i i don't know whether or not the that be, being secure like i'm fucking like yeah polishing my halo brown nosing myself because i'm like yeah i'm secure it's like well clearly i'm not fully mm. secure i can't be if i'm getting all of this relationship anxiety no, but then again so. maybe i am in other ways because i love the non-monogamy part yeah. And like that I feel really secure about is Sam going off and fucking as many people as as he would like. Yeah. Um that 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 makes me it doesn't make me it doesn't fuck me up as much yeah. as like other relationship anxiety. I'm so curious about attachment styles. I yeah. find it so fascinating mm-hmm. how like our younger years then develop into the way that we are with relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely full under anxious attachment. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because I think my 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 mum was very over not overbearing but she was always there I was always safe when I was with my mum yeah mm-hmm. but also like my dad never paid me enough attention so it's like you know you you think that you have this thing and they just sort of disappear and don't mm-hmm. so I think that's probably where the anxiety comes from because it's like well where are you going yeah <laughs> I know, I, don't go away do you know if your sister is has the same um attachment theory well, it's really interesting because my sister has been in a relationship since she was 19. Now she's just wow. turned 28. And like, so they're almost on 10 years together. That's crazy. And like, she, I mean, in my mind, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was he was her first ever boyfriend. Wow, that's and fascinating. They, they're so strong. Saw them the other day. They're like the cutest couple. They're just so mm. comfortable with each other. That's so nice. It's And there's never anything wrong. Like she, she was, she's just like, yeah, I don't, you know. Like, I would say if there's anything ever wrong with us, but they never have any, like, major disagreements. I just, like, no offence to your sister, I almost just don't trust it. I'm like, someone's not being honest with themselves, surely. But is that, that's my that's your own... Yeah, you're projecting. Rela- relationship issues. Yeah. Being like, you cannot be that perfect. I don't yeah. understand. There will always be issues. And that's not fair of me to say. Yeah. Because they could just they're have just, they're just, that relationship. They they really do as mm-hmm. well. They really do. Like, I'm not lying. They, they do. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both unsure about, like, wow this is this is it and yeah. it's working it's nice. and it's like whoa like mm. i didn't expect this but like i think that's the only kind of thing that they have but not to like go into my sister's relationship yeah. at all mm. obviously my life's been very different i've been in and out and like yeah. all around but yeah but, but that we there was a time when we had very similar relationships where yes and especially when it came to sex it was we, we were basically just like <laughs> sisters on that yeah. it was just that it was the same it was this no. long monotonous stagnating sexist yeah. relationship sexist relationships never mm-hmm. 
fucking again i'm getting so clear on what i want from a relationship now i'm like no bullshit like if there's ever anything that i'm like oh actually i think i might have to compromise on that or like maybe i'll just try that out for a bit nope no no i think the compromise thing is so tough because it's like firstly you shouldn't have to compromise but also compromising makes the relationship work because you're not going to be perfect on everything you can't be but then maybe there is maybe there is like uh, a relationship where you don't have to compromise where you just fit so well it's just trying to find that person in the seven billion amount of people that are out there i feel like there's always going to be a minor amounts of compromise i think as long as it's not something massive that Mm. is detrimental to your own happiness then if it, if it, I mean, if it's something that makes you sad, then no, that's not a compromise worth having. Yeah. It, if it's something that's like taking you away from who you actually are as a person, then that's no, that's not worth having. Mm. But anyway, just to wrap up this episode, <laughs> I always ask my guests, how do you define love? And like, what does it mean to you? Oh my God. I mean, love is, love is the most incredible feeling. Like falling into that field of love is it's like it's like an overwhelming unbearable you're breaking apart and you're coming back together all at the same time and it's like it is like hitting absolute bliss it's hitting the peak of your life when 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 love works and it's reciprocated in the same way there is no better feeling no it is just it's magical and it just puts a rose tinted lens over everything in the world yeah it's just yeah it's (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's like beautiful chemicals up in your brain. Very good chemicals. Yeah. Always had to bring it back to the science. Yeah, the chems. The chem- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, those chemicals. Well, yeah. it was lovely sitting here chatting to you on my sofa in this very echoey, echoey room. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been really nice talking about love yeah. rather than just sex just sex. just sex i mean i love talking about sex but we talk about that and yeah like pretty much like twice a week it's nice to get deeper on all the relationship stuff because i think yeah. it's the core of it all really isn't it mm. and it has made me think a lot about where a lot of my feelings and thoughts have come from it makes so much sense that growing up and seeing the way that my parents were and all of those thoughts and feelings and bad mental health situations were put on me as a Mm. child it makes sense why I feel the way that I do now exactly and you don't get that opportunity to think about it really in what we do it's only until you open up to somebody or you get asked the question so thanks thanks for making me think about love in in a different way in my relationship stuff like (laughs) I'm so I'm I'm so excited for whatever Sam and I have in the future. Yeah, the thing is, we, we might end up being together for fucking years and years and years. We might even get married. Yeah. I just need to have kids. Deal with it. Yeah, we might have kids. The, the, who knows what the future has to hold? Yeah. Um, so, That's yeah, exciting. I need to just like sort out this relationship anxiety and thank God for my therapist, Rebecca, who's just wonderful. Therapy. Thanks. Yay, therapy. therapy. Unlock my brain, my confusing, complicated <laughs> brain, please. Okay, so where can people find you? All right, the spiel. We're ready for it. So you can find me pretty much on all platforms under Reed Amber X. That's Reed spell R double E D Amber X. A little kiss or a little bum hole. Mm. Um, I'm on everything. Twitter. I mean, I would go for Instagram. That's probably the most used one. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, you can see my stuff on OnlyFans. I'd be so surprised if anyone from your podcast I was just thinking that. wants to like see my OnlyFans content. audience? I'm not sure. Well, if you want to see Sam and I get busy on my OnlyFans, <laughs> then yeah, welcome to. You're welcome to check it out. And yeah, of course, you can catch Florence and I on Come Curious on the YouTube channel or on our podcast, Bucks Given. Of course, of course. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. That was a very insightful little conversation. Oh, it was lovely. And (laughs) I can't wait to have like more of these episodes with you as well, Reid. Because I think like there's so much more to like, there's so much more like underneath everything that we talk about on Fucks Given as well. And I feel like this is a nice space to get like a little bit deeper yeah and like you know people get a real insight into like what it's actually like Mm. on the other side like without all the sex without all this like what's actually happening in the relationships yeah sex is easy sex is like a front i can talk about sex forever but talking about deep dark stuff with relationships like it's hard this this episode has been hard like thinking about my past and shit i'm like oh shit shit. but it's so the the things that make you feel uncomfortable you Mm -hmm. need to run towards that, yeah. like the, the things that make you scared you gotta go and and sort out because that's yeah. that's what helps unlock you as a person yeah. well if you found this episode helpful please share it around share it with your friends family leave a rating and a review because it really helps get the podcast into more people's ears yeah basically just share it as wide as you can mm, post um, it on instagram tag us in it and we'll repost it because we love yeah that. yeah and follow me on my personal Instagram, which is at Florence Bark. And I'm on Twitter at Florence underscore Bark, if you like Twitter. I'm trying to be a bit more active on Twitter. It's kind of failing. You could see me there. And anyway, yeah, join the Patreon community, patreon.com slash lovehigh. And you will hear me next Monday, my loves. See you then. Bye. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.